0: This week we're reading Thorn by Intisar Kahani, otherwise known as Everyone is Sus and Falada is a Talking Horse.
1: Hi readers, I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines those swashbuckling ladies
0: who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending. Want to see what's next on our TBR list? Subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us on Instagram for a sneak peek at upcoming content or to help us pick our next book. I feel like we should apologize first at the beginning of this.
1: Yeah. We gave you, dear readers, a warning on our last pick of the week about yeah. our commitment to Foxglove. And it just, we don't have it in us. No. No.
0: Jordan told me that she struggled with it. She read some reviews and she's like, oh, I don't think this is it. And I just took that at like face value. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not going to
1: read it either. I feel like, let me let me justify <laughs> where I'm coming from on Foxglove. Because Belladonna ends and everything seems somewhat concluded. Mm-hmm. Like there's not a lot of conflict left to pursue. Yeah, they kind of throw in this other character fate. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then the cousin is interesting. So I was really hoping that foxglove would be the cousin story and main bitch would be like a side character Mm -hmm. not that she's bad she's just kind of boring and death was super interesting but we don't need to know any more about him so i was in barnes and noble um last weekend i picked up foxglove and it's fucking massive i think it's like i don't know five or six hundred pages maybe girl what and i'm like (laughs) i don't need five or six hundred more pages of these two characters I'm good. <laughs> yeah and that's the other thing so i looked at the synopsis looked how it ends and it's basically an excuse to do a love triangle oh yeah what yeah based based on the reviews that i did read it's like a setup for a love triangle but death also doesn't make a
0: whole lot of appearances throughout what the fuck uh yeah i because mm. uh i read the prologue that's the one that comes before this morning and I got some like weird vibes I'm like this is not enjoyable no
1: it, yeah and the prologue that's as far as I got on the mm-hmm. sample where mm-hmm. you're sitting in fates yeah
0: like land I was like who the fuck is this dude yeah, yeah.
1: so that's yeah. why that's why we're not reading foxglove like we promised you but we we're coming back with something way better oh yeah we
0: pulled this one out of the bag and it's out, like, out why of our didn't we... ass is where we pulled this <laughs> but one why did we do this earlier this is like the quintessential like katie and jordan book
1: yeah this is up there because everything is on point with this book mm-hmm. and this this book is thorn by the way yeah thorn by Intisar kahani it is everything that you want in a fantasy romance, yeah. and especially in a fairy tale retelling. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this book is based on the Grimm's fairy tale, The Goose Girl, which
0: I do. Mm, zero knowledge. Of.
1: <laughs> so I had I had nev- never read The Goose Girl. I read it last night. It's super short. Most mm. of the fairy tales in there are like a page, to two oh, pages long. Okay. They're very digestible. I didn't realize how true to the original fairy tale that the author stayed mm. until I read it last night. So as we kind of go through this book, I'll kind of jump in with some points
0: as far as like, oh, this was actually part of the original storyline too that's cool have you ever seen those tv shows or movies where it's like the additional extra cut and they have like little pop-ups that are like fun yeah, facts? that's are- what <laughs> you're doing to the story and i love it
1: <laughs> it will be i think it'll be a fun little adventure but yeah this book is just gold and we were sitting you and i were sitting what our, our last recording session mm-hmm. we we're like what can we do instead and we were going through all of our books and then this one just popped up because we'd both read it it yeah. came out What, how many years ago?
0: Uh, Quite a long time ago. I'm Googling it. 2012. So Amazon betrayed me. So I have... Betrayed?
1: Oh, betrayed. Oh. Betrayed. (laughs) What is betray... I mean, that is... I was like, this is fun. What's that mean? Uh, That is probably a thing somewhere. But I... I have two digital copies of this book. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I went into my Kindle library. I'm like, what? And I originally read this in 2013. Yeah. Right after it came out. And then I remember reading this in like recently, Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. That's the copy I had. Like So I have the so 2020 weird. copy and a 2013 copy, and I have no memory of reading this in 2013 <laughs> whatsoever. So this was the third read for me.
0: Well, so this was my second read because I read it probably like 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. and I... 100% same, forgot everything about this book, but I remember enjoying it and yeah. that was it. <laughs> like, I think it's partially because it reads so quickly. Yeah. You said 270 pages, right? Yeah, it's super short. It's like 200 and something pages, like just under 300, I think.
1: This is not a Sarah J Maas investment no, no. at all. This is very like, pick it up, read it in a day, be done and happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, I also think it's self published really yeah because i was reading the dedication at the end i think or the like the author's notes or whatever and i think the author's husband just suggested that she like self-publish her own book and i think that's what happened with this one so it's like quadruply more wow yeah because
1: it's phenomenal like the writing is fantastic the Mm -hmm. pacing is great and she's got another
0: Uh, series after this one. Yeah. Uh, I was about to Sunbolt. Did you ever read that? I sure did. Yeah. That one was equally good too. And I think I was going to read the second one and then I like forgot to. I want to say I started the second
1: one because the first one kind of ends on a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm, Right. Yeah, And now there's, Three.
0: Oh jesus i want to say that might be a, a fun one to like revisit now because mm-hmm. i remember distinctly like enjoying the first one it felt maybe a little yae but in an enjoyable way yeah like it that... did
1: feel a little bit younger than thorn it's gonna be I think it's hard to top Thorn.
0: Yeah, it is. It's just, it's a perfect standalone novel. Mm -hmm. I will say, um, and this could be the uh, Gen Z in me, but the first part was a little bit hard to get through. It kind of, the language was a little bit dense. Like it wasn't easy to read and then it like became easier to read. But the first like chapter or two, I was like, I don't know if I'm tripping balls, but like I cannot read or string a sentence together to understand this. I don't. I have no frame of reference for that. Like, I yeah, uh, I don't know. It could be that it's been a while since I've read like a fantasy storytelling like that kind of prose, maybe, and I've just been like binge reading, you know, trashy oh, romance. <laughs> you know I can
1: I can kind of see that because I it feels like the author is trying to stay true to like the styling of yeah. a traditional fairy tale. So like the character descriptions and like this is told in first person, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel quite like a first person narration. Yeah. And the characters are kind of almost
0: caricatures of themselves. Some mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. I would say that especially about the love interest a little bit like.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. And like the mother figure, the yeah. brother the king like the king we never learn his name he's nope. just the king <laughs> the so, king <laughs> yeah i think it's yeah and we'll get into that as mm-hmm. we kind of talk about the story but we also wanted to do something new mm-hmm. um with with these full-length episodes now is we do similar books for our pick of the week books and we'd also like to start doing that for these as well because it might one if you don't like this one as much maybe you'd like one of our similar books or if you've read those similar books maybe you'll listen to the full episode mm-hmm. <laughs> just exactly. to find out some more. <laughs> um, so I threw some in here. I don't know if you have any off the top of your head. I don't have any, but I have comments on one of them. Oh, no. This is exciting. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I think I, I know which one you're going to comment on because you really? didn't like it. Which one? Uh, The Girl of Fire and Thorns.
0: Yeah. I have major (laughs) beef with this book for whatever fucking reason. That's
1: by Ray Carson.
0: Yeah. This came out, there was like a surge of fairy tale retelling high fantasy books in like the 2014, Mm -hmm. 2015 timeframe. And I read this book and the first part got me so hard. I was like, I love this. This is, I was like smoking through this book. And then... I didn't love that she had this kind of hate relationship with her body type and then she got thin, you know, by circumstances and then all of a sudden her life was like rosy and amazing and everything was perfect. I had major beef with that like character line. Everything's fine. I had never thought of it in that like frame. And that makes sense, actually. Mm -hmm. Because I loved everything about this book except that arc. Because she was like whiny in the beginning and like, oh, like, what was me? Like, everything is horrible. Um, You know, I hate my body, which like, that's fine. But then she went through the desert, uh, lost a bunch of weight, you know, and then all of a sudden she was beautiful and everything was amazing and sunny. And she was just like, everything is amazing. Like, why wasn't I skinny my whole life? Like, fuck that. Like, the high school Katie has a major beef with that. That is,
1: <laughs> yeah, that is a problematic yeah. trip. I, I enjoyed that entire trilogy. I didn't read it with that. Mm, that mm-hmm. didn't that wasn't a trigger for me i could see that um i picked this as a similar book because of her transformation from like meek mm-hmm. and h- like humble character who doesn't really have a lot of sense of security in herself to like oh i'm an all-powerful princess
0: etc cetera, etc 100 percent. it's similar themes i 100 percent. yeah i just had beef about body that's, I mean, image <laughs> that's completely justified like i now i might reread that book with that in mind. And it would be interesting too to reread it now that it's like less of a trigger for me and see if I like maybe just had a very visceral response. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Yeah. But that's a good, that's a good okay
1: parallel book. (laughs) The one of the other books uh I have on here is a similar book to Thorn is called Deerskin by (gasps) Robin McKinley.
0: This is uh so in the pick of the week last week, Mm -hmm. uh we were talking about books that people recommend and you're like, I'm just not gonna read it for no fucking coherent reason. This is the book because All of me is like, I know this is a book I would enjoy. Jordan talks about it. She's read it like 15 times. Like, I know I would enjoy this, but I'm like, I can't just fucking download it and read it. Okay. I don't know why. Okay. So for Deerskin, I could not
1: finish this book when I started to read it as like a teenager. Mm. I picked it up at like 15 or 16 because I blew through all of Robin McKinley's books yeah. as a
0: teenager. She's like the OG.
1: Yeah. It's a great book, but I would not suggest it for any young readers because of the elements in it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of abuse in it. There's some problems with it however it is very very similar to thorn in the sense of like some of the abuse themes the princess themes it's a fairy tale retelling it's a little known fairy tale and i love it because the hero is non-conventional like he is not your typical i love that um i don't want to spoil it but it's almost worth reading because he is so in the girl of fire and thorns the heroine is like plump mm-hmm. in the beginning our hero in deerskin is kind of like on the heavier side a uh-huh. little bit, and he's just like this very like not meek but just kind of content with his life he's a prince uh-huh. but he likes his hunting dogs and he likes to go hunting and he's just a nice guy who's not like power hungry or anything but he has such a healthy relationship with the princess in this book and it's exactly what the heroine needs it's like a very good demonstration of like not traditional hero
0: wow i'm like flabbergasted because i cannot remember the last time i read a book that had a like love interest that didn't have all kinds of like dramatic problems (laughs) it's a very it's the only way
1: a love interest could have uh, been created for this Mm. storyline because let's just say there's a you know what? I don't want to get into how problematic deerskin is <laughs> yeah. for like young readers. Um, but it's the only way you can have a romance line in that in that story. Mm-hmm. Totally worth reading, but mm-hmm. it is it might emotionally scar you. I could see that a little bit, just a little bit, you yeah. Is there any other, so I have a few others on here, but is there any ones that are coming to mind, similar books to Thorne? I feel
0: like I read one that was maybe another retelling of The Goose Girl. Yeah, I've read that Uh, one too. It's called The Goose Girl, I think, or something like that. Really?
1: Yeah. You got me
0: fucked up. I think it's called
1: Shannon by Shannon Hale... Uh,
0: There is a book called The Goose Girl. It's like a YA fantasy romance. I'm typing in the background if you can hear me, but it's because I'm (laughs) frantically Googling. This is the book. Oh, my God. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Who's the author? Did I get the author? Shannon Hale. Yes! Girl, you... My brain. Holy fuck. (laughs) I don't know why I remember this shit, but not important things. I am flabbergasted right now. Yeah, this is the book with the blonde chick and the hair blowing in the wind. There's no way, uh, readers, that you have not seen this book cover. Like... I feel like it's not as satisfying because it's a little bit more shallow of a retelling. Yeah, I could see that. I wonder if this is the book. I almost want to reread this to see if this is the book I'm thinking of because there's another one. And I was confused when I was reading Thorn and I got halfway through and then she didn't get her own cottage uh, to be a goose girl. So maybe this isn't the retelling. There
1: might be another one because it sounds familiar, too.
0: Yeah, because there was a book. It came yeah. out right along, uh, right around the time of Thorne, had a very similar.
1: Huh. What was
0: going on in 2014 and yeah. all of a sudden we were like, Goose Girl. That <laughs> was like the kickoff for fantasy romance yeah. and YA New Way books. It really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there is another book. I need to find it now. And it's probably somewhere in my Goodreads, which is not user friendly to find things, honestly. But it was a Goose Girl retelling and uh, she had her own cottage and it was like a cute, she got rescued. Uh, I cannot for the life of me think about this book. So readers, if, if you, you know the <laughs> book, please help us. Uh, yeah, because it's in my brain and it's tickling, but it is not producing anything. <laughs>
1: All right, let's actually get into the story of
0: thorn it's it's kind of sad oh yeah this beginning part is depresso (laughs) and also one last
1: like admin note before we get in is there are some trigger warnings Mm, for this mm -hmm. story i don't think we'll get into them for well actually yes part one and part two uh so next week's episode as well there is abuse physical and emotional abuse by a family member on the main character There is also a sexual assault scene in part two when we cover it. To a secondary character. To a secondary character. It's pretty vividly described, Yeah, I would say. I can't think of anything else. Uh,
0: No, those are the big trigger warnings. Yeah. Things to be aware of. Mind your triggers. Yeah, and on
1: that dark note, um, we're introduced to our main heroine, Princess Alira. Mm -hmm. She is the only daughter of a very... um, bitchy queen for lack of like a, any <laughs> yeah. other descriptions is like and probably like a queen and not a bad way yeah like, i feel like if you're in a position of power in these land settings you have to be not the nicest person if you're going to succeed and do well mm-hmm. so her mother just kind of has a disdain for
0: alira it's like a coldness yeah. um she's kind of described as not haughty but just like indifferent yeah almost but negatively indifferent
1: and it's implied that Alira has done something, or is a certain way to like justify the the trash man. <laughs> the trash man is here. If you can hear the squeaking in the background, that is the garbage man
0: arriving. Uh, also, shout out to all of our like uh, sanitary workers. Like that's a very under you know rated, not well liked or appreciated job like, during COVID, when the, like, first couple weeks yeah. and there was no trash service, that was fucking insane.
1: And if you've ever been to a city where they don't have a good <gasps> sanitation system, holy shit, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So just a little uh, shout you. out. <laughs> also, though, I think it would be kind of fun, like, playing a gigantic claw machine with getting the cans. Oh, and, like, 100%. It, yeah. Right?
0: Have you yeah. seen Arrested Development? No. Oh, that happens. Uh, oh. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> okay. Back to Princess Lyra.
1: Yeah. Um, so... She is the only daughter. She has a brother who is an abusive, drunk asshole. Like, yeah, a psychopath. hundred yeah, just bullies her, follows her around, beats the shit out of her, like calls her mean names, mm-hmm. and her mother just lets this happen. Mm-hmm. So this is the setup for our for our heroine, and then basically opening day of this book, a delegation from the kingdom of
0: Menaya. Is that how you would say it? Uh, I would just see the M E N and be like, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah we'll
1: go with minaya until someone corrects me or we find a better pronunciation i uh, think it sounds right uh, minaya, i don't sure. trust any of my words anymore <laughs> after the insorcel yeah. incident yep i will never forget that or forgive myself so a delegation from a much bigger kingdom mm-hmm. like an empire arrives and it's presumably to seek a marriage alliance with Princess Lyra and the prince of that kingdom. Mm-hmm.
0: I kind of love this part cuz you it's from told from per, first person and Lyra has no fucking idea what's happening the whole time that the delegation is here until her mom says something. And I kind of appreciated that like uncertainty of um kind of her like naide- na- naivety naivety na- naivete not na- na- <laughs>
1: I should have kept my that mouth so, so much <laughs> better.
0: <laughs> but just like her me now. naivety. Sure. sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> um, about the whole situation was kind of refreshing because I feel like a lot of heroines and fantasy romance or just fantasy books seem to have this kind of preternatural like understanding of the world around mm-hmm. them. Um, somewhat like undeserved by, you know, a 16 to 20 somewhat, year old.
1: <laughs> I would say a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. So it was kind of refreshing that she's like, there's a lot of, like, big guys here. There's like, stuff going on. Like, what the fuck going are on. they
1: visiting? Yeah. So the, this delegation arrives. It's the king of that kingdom mm-hmm. with a fuck ton of soldiers. Mm-hmm. Like, all of his warriors arrive. Yeah. And like you said, Alira's is just,
0: huh, this is interesting. I'm going to go play <laughs> with my horse. <laughs> yeah. But she also has, like, kind of interesting insights, too, that I think someone her age would kind of, like um catch on to because she's confused because she's like we're just like a tin cup kingdom and like the backwoods of this continent like why the fuck are they here it's like a very reasonable like based on what her knowledge would be at that age like Mm -hmm. that's a reasonable kind of like why the fuck are they
1: (laughs) yeah another so another note about our princess is she's 15 what yeah are yeah girl i remember that tripping me up the first time i read it so what the i think it comes i think it comes up one time where Mm -hmm. you learn about her age um and then i want to say at least like a year or two passes throughout the story Mm. based on the seasons changing but don't go into this expecting to read from the mindset of a 15 year old Mm -mm. it's just that's not how it reads and it's definitely not for Young, young
0: audiences. No, I assume she was like seventeen. Yeah, I don't, uh-uh. <laughs> wrong assumption yeah. on my part. I don't know why. <laughs> but, but I mean, <laughs> I mean,
1: that's true to like how you read the character. Yeah. Then. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So this delegation arrives and. Aaliyah is avoiding things at all costs. And she's not really having any trouble doing that because her mother really doesn't want her involved. Her brother doesn't want her involved. They kind of treat her as like a, like a, oh, you're going to fuck something up if you you stay here. Like, you're going to open your mouth and say something bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And she's trying to like run away from her brother too at the same time. So Mm -hmm. this kind of offers a reprieve from her brother's torment because he's busy with all the, you know, being prince and shit. So as she's kind of running off, like she takes her
1: horse out into the fields and she's just happy be doing her own thing. She's not really happy. She's just kind of existing. existing. Yeah. She's same brain. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very important detail that you will not pick up on the first read. No. And even on the third read, I apparently forgot about how important this <laughs> detail was. Yeah. But so she has a relationship with the wind.
0: Yeah. And that sounds really weird. But it's just imagine a sort of ethereal kind of uh, can't talk in full sentences is just like vibing out. It's just it's like a comforting presence. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be like, oh, hello here. Sad. (laughs) Yeah. It it, like tries to convey
1: like meaning in one or two words. Mm -hmm. And she makes a, a comment. I think, pretty early on in the story that it's very rare for the wind to string words together into yeah. sentences. She's like
0: baffled by that. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> remember the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was cute at the end when that whole... Yeah.
1: It's very satisfying. But uh-huh. remember the wind. Yeah. Okay. So she kind of goes back to the the palace castle palace castle (laughs) um and then there's various feasts and everything going on and it comes to light that yes in fact the king is here to negotiate a marriage alliance and the king is like walking the halls and comes across Alira and her brother because her brother has cornered her, right? Oh, it is the king, isn't it? Or yes. maybe it's
0: like the captain. Someone from Manaya kind of stumbles upon them as he's uh, like kind of pinned her up against a wall, pulling her hair. And they're like, uh, what exactly do you think you're doing right now? <laughs> it's
1: yeah. So I think it's before the marriage contract is signed because mm-hmm. there's two incidents. Um, oh, yeah, there are. Yeah. So she's kind of with her brother and her brother's about to like pull some mean shit on her. And the King's like strolls up like, Oh, what are you doing? And the King is this very imposing, yeah, intimidating warrior like figure. Like you, you're not going to fuck around with this guy. <laughs> and he's like, princess Alira, would you show me the castle gardens? And she's Oh like, yeah, this is the, yeah. 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 It's just kind of a minor scene, but it has some import later on in the road because mm-hmm. there's an ongoing mystery, right? Of like, why is this, big powerful kingdom still here like why do they want alira yeah because they came there specifically for her Mm -hmm. so the king walks her out to the garden and they have a conversation he's like well would you be are you open to this marriage alliance alliance do you want to come and i thought this was a super good uh, development for the character to kind of treat it like a well i don't really have a choice yeah you're giving me a choice and i guess that sounds okay like the way like you said, the way a seventeen-year-old or a fifteen-year-old would approach a situation like that.
0: Mm-hmm. I kind of again, it was refreshing having Alira be someone that's uh, not meek necessarily. Uh- I'd say she's pretty meek. Yeah, because, again, in a lot of fantasy books, and this isn't a bad thing because I enjoy reading these characters, but you have these 17-year-olds that are really headstrong, really aggressive, like, have opinions about everything. And so it's nice to have Alira who's a little bit more just, like, aware of her circumstances and, like, I don't really get to make decisions and, like, whatever is Fine, like it's not like I can really decide anything. And I think um, her coming into the ability to make decisions is important to her character arc later on. That she's like deciding to do things with her life. So this like beginning part is just like, yeah, you know, I'm here. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I do too. And so the king's like, okay, well, if you marry into my family, like you become one of us, and we will protect you. Mm-hmm. Which, again, in the moment, you don't realize the significance of the scene and yeah. this line until way later on uh and she's like well that sounds nice to get away from my evil <laughs> yeah. evil brother and bitchy mom so sure let's let's get married well not to the king to, to the king's son who's, yeah who's not <laughs> <be> out that. <laughs> yeah they have a fancy dinner she they everyone signs the contract and that night she receives a gift from the king and it's this fancy blue cloak mm-hmm. yeah and again has significance later on in the story so don't it, I think it would be really easy to skim this book. Oh, 100%. So I would recommend not skimming it mm-hmm. as much as possible. Like pay attention to the details because as short as this book is, 270 something pages, right? Like every single thing and scene has significance. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, where and we... it's kind of satisfying too when you get to the end and, and it you like put all the comes pieces together. circle. Yeah.
1: And a shout out. So. Here's where we start getting into the original fairy tale callbacks Mm. is the princess in the original fairy tale is described as very meek and Mm. soft and just kind of does what everyone tells her to do. Interesting. Uh I think there's a line in there Um, if I can find it. Yeah, so here's a quote from the actual fairy tale. But the princess was very gentle and meek, so she said nothing to her maid's ill behavior.
0: Oh, well, that is literally... Uh-huh. Yeah, but I can also appreciate that. Like, sometimes people add a little bit too much, like, pizzazz and change to these uh, original fairy tales, and it kind of, like... Distorts it, it. Yeah, mid. And then it kind of comes out of line of, like, why things are happening. But I think when... And Kahani did a really good job of taking the outline of the story and then like building on it, but not changing it enough to make it something else. Like,
1: yeah, she, she stayed very true to it while ultimately conveying a different like mm -hmm. moral lesson. Yeah. Yeah. So marriage contract is signed and then she receives her blue cloak and she's kind of in her room at going to bed late at night and she hears a sound in her room. And it's the sound of, like, a man clearing his throat.
0: I did not like this part. <laughs> this was fucking weird. Yeah. Right? It's the, f- it's the first part that you're really confused because kind of Alira wakes up just in the middle of the night and then all of a sudden there's this man in her room. And then he's like, uh, you know, Manaya has a lot of enemies. You need to really be careful and, like, take care of yourself. And then this other woman comes into the room. Yeah. Like- <laughs> it's like out of nowhere. Bam, bam,
1: bam. We have yeah. action scene. But, like. You wake up in the middle of the night and there's a man you've never oh, seen before. Fuck no! And he's clearly from like Manaya. Yeah.
0: Like he looks like those people do. Yeah. Has uh, a funny accent. Yeah. And it's just immediate sorcery and magic inserted into her life. And I kind of appreciate the fact that Alira the whole time is just staring, like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, she can barely process it. She's just
1: having a conversation with him. Like, but what else would you do? I like, yeah, you can't do anything else but have a conversation with these yeah people who appear
0: in your bedroom just in the middle, the of, middle that- of the night. <laughs> I am so, like, disasso- like disassociating, disoriented when I first wake up. Like, I can only imagine if all this shit is happening and it's, like, the middle of the night and you're like, <gasps> what? Where am I? <laughs> right? Like, have you ever woken up in the
1: middle of the night and then, like, gone back to sleep and not? remember the next morning and they're like
0: didn't i dream that yeah no idea yeah so i can only imagine how she's feeling as these people are like having a whole ass conversation in her room in the middle of the night
1: yeah and it comes out like the dude is a sorcerer he's not really there he's like projecting himself Mm -hmm. but this this dude who appears in a room and this woman who also appears um have major beef with each other (laughs) like hate each other like alira is just kind of caught in the in the middle of these two so They both end up, like, vanishing. Like, Alira has this, you have no power over me moment with this woman witch creature who also appears. And so she disappears, but not before. Ha ha ha, I'll get you my pretties. It's like like, a (laughs) Wicked Witch of the West moment. Um, Yeah.
0: And then Alira wakes up. Yep. Yeah, and uh, kind of life goes on as normal until it's like time to get it in the wedding caravan and everything's fine, except- Oh my um, God. Yeah, her mom, the queen, basically kind of uh, pulls her into her room before she leaves and she's like, "Uh, I secretly practice witchcraft and I'm going to give you this little like handkerchief and I'm gonna do some like creepy- Super (laughs) fucking creepy. (laughs) so creepy and then she like ties her knowledge strength and love into the handkerchief with like a little dip of her blood, blood. and then alira's meant to like dip it into prince kestrin's wine which is uh, the guy that she's going to marry it's all very weird and you're reading it and you're like what the fuck is happening i was confused i'm like what is this supposed to do which is probably how alira
1: felt yeah at the moment. like okay here's a token but like you don't love me um I
0: have no strength. Uh,
1: how is how is this helping me? <laughs> Where are we me? pulling these out of? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that
0: happens. It's confusing. And if you're reading it and you're like, I don't understand. <laughs> just like, roll with it. Just yeah. accept it and move on. Yep. Uh, I also feel like I never really understood it, even like after reading it twice. No, It's kind of explained later, but not really. No. So just like roll with the punches on it.
1: <laughs> Something is enchanted. <laughs> so her mother does that right before she gets into her like wedding carriage caravan thing. Mm-hmm. And then her brother pulls another asshole brother move and announces to like, the caravan oh here's a beautiful white horse as a wedding gift oh yeah and this white horse is like trotted out and beautiful but can't be ridden no he is fucking uh feral yeah (laughs) like you can't barely touch this animal no Uh -uh. and her mother also denies Alira taking her own horse, Fleetwind, with her. Which is so sad. It's just very sad. Yeah. So she's got this asshole horse. It had this weird <laughs> charm, blood token thing from her mom. Go get married! And then there's one final gift.
0: Uh, Lady Valka. Okay, that's where I thought yeah. we were going, but I'm like, that's not a gift at all. Nope, not yeah. at all. So the queen has basically... Uh, denied Alira's request to have like her friend, you know, maid come with her. And she's like, no, instead you're going to take Lady Valka who, you know, she's your childhood friend. You'll lovely. Enjoy this. You know, find her a husband and get her married because she can't come back here. <laughs> this is like classic Mean Girls. Uh, I, I totally
1: pictured, um God, what's her face? Regina George. Regina George. Mm-hmm. And not, what's the... Who plays the redhead? Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> oh, that,
0: just that minor <laughs> actress. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: but like, so Alira is also described as very plain, mm-hmm. like yeah. mousy brown hair, very small, and Lady valka is this uh, gorgeous redhead. Yeah, bombacious.
0: That's a word, right? Bombacious, right? Bombastic. <laughs> you, uh, oh yeah, bombastic side eye, uh, uh, and then <laughs> vivacious think
1: is the word probably did you make
0: a new word with a Apparently. <laughs> you know just like the very like curvy like uh has an attitude all the time but you know wears a lot of makeup bright red yeah, hair yeah. done up there's there, that's a, a type it's a stereotype exactly yeah, and that's, that is lady valka yeah <laughs> and they do do not get along. No. It'll. And it's interesting because their beef is not illuminated until later. And then you're like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. And no wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're not going to spoil it until the no, end. That... But just hold on to the fact that she is a uh, bum. Bomb... I <laughs> forgot the word I created. <laughs> but the
1: other aspect here, too, is that Alira alira's relationship with valka and like her reputation as like this meek and like kind of character you can ignore is based on why their friendship disintegrated right Mm -hmm. yeah it's the whole reason why like the everyone treats alira like she's nothing
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i yeah because she gets really kind of walked over by almost everyone until later in the book Mm -hmm. and uh i think that's an important part of Uh, Lady Valka's characterization is that she thinks that Alira is someone that can be walked over and she is immediately proven correct.
1: Yeah.
0: uh, As we find out on their journey. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) So they set off on a journey and Lady Valka and Lady Valka also brought her super bitchy maid with her Mm -hmm. who doesn't want to help Alira at all. Nope. Which
0: that's your whole job. (laughs)
1: Right. (laughs) Come on. Like, could this poor princess's (laughs) life get any worse? They're traveling for a couple of days. They stop at an inn, and like the king's men are all very respectful towards Alira, and they are treating Valka like garbage. They're yeah. like, the, "Why? Why are we dealing with this chick? Like, why? She's
0: a bitch. Yeah. It's like
1: deserved." Uh huh. <laughs> and then I think like during as they're traveling, somebody tries to saddle uh, the white horse. Yeah. And I think it does not go well. It does not go well. <laughs> and then later that like night at the inn. Um. Alira goes into the stables because she spends a lot of time at the stables at home. So she feels very like comforted by animals and like kind of being by herself. So she's just chilling with this white horse and kind of talking to herself until the white horse is like, "Hello, princess." (laughs)
0: that's so cute that was my favorite part of this whole book is just he's like hey and she's like what the fuck
1: and he's like hey i'm a horse with a capital h yeah like i just imagine if a horse could wear sunglasses and a blazer like that would be
0: this horse <laughs> that's horse yeah and it's cute too because she's like uh do you have a name and he's like no you can just call me horse <laughs> like yeah that out. i imagine the stallion from uh tangled Oh <laughs> yeah. If he could talk,
1: this is that horse. Yeah. <laughs> and so this horse is named uh Falad-
0: Falida? Yeah. falada mm-hmm. Male horse. But I think it comes out later that's his name. Cause at first he's like, You can just call me horse. Like, I don't I don't fucking know you. Like you? Oh, I don't even remember. I don't know, but yeah, he does have a name. But I, it's like later and he's like, I guess horses have names. Like I'll let you know. And shout out to the original fairy tale. Uh the princess's horse,
1: white horse, was named Falida. Mm. And the Valida horse character In the original fairy tale Has a Prominent role
0: Oh Fun Yeah so, Wow
1: Anyway So Princess Lira Makes friends with The asshole horse Who's like <laughs> No you're still not riding me But uh, we can hang And, and chit chat together Yeah
0: You can like Feed me some Like yummy snacks Give me some <laughs> grains Bitch <laughs> That's about it <laughs> so yeah. they keep traveling the
1: next day uh they stop by a river and like valka is acting shady yeah
0: suspicious sus sus for our gen z
1: listeners 100
0: uh-huh. percent sus um she uh, is the one
1: <laughs> yeah and alira seems to know something's up but she's like well i can't do anything about it like i don't know what's going on which is again very refreshing mm-hmm. and so it happens again they, they're traveling they continue on and then they go to a river
0: the river This part kind of fucked me up. It was bad. Yeah. So uh, she leans down, or I think Valka offers her like a a mug or like a goblet. And she's like, here, you can like take this to go get some water. And, you know, Alira leans down to pick up her glass of water or whatever. And I think she like, falls in or is like shoved into the water Mm -hmm. and we get this kind of like really excruciating like drowning scene almost but then all of a sudden she's yanked back out and she feels this like kind of stabbing sensation at her neck where she's like kept her mom's charm and she's like no it's not good and she pops back out and she's like staring at herself yeah her bones are crunching and changing yeah and And the witch oh yeah the witch is like watching this whole thing and she's like (laughs) The wit- like Hello. this is the witch from the bedroom <laughs> yeah. popped out of the river from nowhere mm-hmm. and uh they have body swapped it's
1: yeah. freaky friday <laughs> and in a gross like the way they describe the body swap is like oh you actually don't want this to happen to you this yeah. sounds very painful yeah it's almost like a
0: polyjuice potion speaking of yeah. harry potter <laughs> actually yeah that's like spot on yeah polyjuice but like potion. permanent <laughs> and
1: then as like a final like getcha moment (laughs) the witch says you shall never speak of this curse whatever to anyone yeah because we have to keep the story going Mm -hmm. because you can't just confess everything yep so there's like an invisible chain choker that kind of wraps around princess alira's neck
0: yeah isn't there another book that has that same kind of
1: yeah oh
0: isn't it um fuck what
1: we read it i know um the undying king was that? She had like a key thing around her neck. Oh,
0: there is another book that I think we've both read that uh, she couldn't talk about it. Maybe that's the Goose Girl one, the other one. Maybe. There's there's only so many ways you can prevent your characters from talking aside from all, like true. a magical,
1: invisible choker chain. Like yeah. we should count the number of times we see that. That would be fun.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Anyways, uh, yeah. Now Lady Valka is now Alira and Alira is now Valka. They have body swapped and Alira is like, Oh, this is unfortunate. And all of a sudden, she's treated not great by all of the soldiers because, no. you know, Lady Valka has been a total bitch to all of them. And she's like, Well, I don't know what to do now. So I guess I'll just like ride this out. We're just going to keep <laughs>
1: traveling forward because, yeah, again, what else can she do in this moment? If you're, if you grow up the way Princess Alira has grown up with like a, Bull- being bullied and abused by her brother and kind of ignored by her mother and not really given a sense of power or responsibility or ownership over anything. Mm-hmm. What else is a character like that going to do in the situation when she's been taken advantage of entirely? Yeah. And also no one wants to listen to her because they think she's a total bitch
0: anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's kind of... Uh... All of that is really codified, codified, whatever word that is. In the next scene, when they arrive in Manaya, Valka steps out. The king kind of approaches her and he's like, "Lady Valka, like, you know, or Lady Princess Alira, I'm so excited that you're here. Like, let's go talk to the prince." And everyone kind of scatters off to the wind. And uh, Alira in Valka's body is just kind of standing there, and she's like, "I don't know what uh, to do." What? Do so I she's like now? escorted off and given like a random
1: room yeah. tonight. <laughs> Like, just treated like nobody?
0: Yep, yep. And so it's just very like, I guess this is my life now. (laughs) Very,
1: like, that's just who Aaliyah is. She just rolls with it. So she comes back, and the king gives her an audience the next day. Mm -hmm. and says, Oh, this part, like, bursted my bubble. So the king's like, well, the princess, speaking of Valka and, you know, the princess's body, has no use for you. Um, And she's asked me to find you some employment somewhere
0: because it's didn't she say like smack talk isn't she like oh she's been disrespectful to me yeah. the whole trip yeah oh man that would have got me heated like i <laughs> don't
1: know what the fuck you're talking Jeremy's about was already throwing fist readers like she is fighting like invisible armies right now
0: yes oh god because the king was like she's saying all this shit about you and so like i guess i'm gonna find you a job but i ain't gonna be here <laughs> and i thought it's, it's interesting
1: and it's like a little peep into like the king as a character because he's like well I think something's going on. So if you want to talk to me, like, maybe I could find you an escort to get you home if Mm -hmm. you want to talk to me. But if you don't want to talk to me, you can be the goose girl.
0: (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) Like, okay, I guess I'm just taking care of geese now.
1: (laughs) Sweet, sweet Alira is like, well, I like animals and no one really likes me at home. I guess she will be the goose girl. And she's not really mad about it.
0: No. And I think that's my like favorite part at the end of this book when everything is kind of like culminated. Um, and, you know, obviously this is a fairy tale. And so they eventually discover that Alira, you know, the body swap happened. Mm-hmm. But they even comment on this exact like moment. And they're like, uh... We knew something was up because this, you know, woman, Lady Valka, who was super uppity, super dickish to everyone, all of a sudden with like supreme grace and, you know, daintfulness and humbleness was okay to just go and be a goose girl. Yeah, not going like, to happen ever. <laughs> first red flag.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind no. of like a, oh, that's a that's a good point. <laughs> but sound like a nice escape?
0: Oh, 100% like, does. Like, oh, you just have to go take care of some geese that's book, your job yeah <laughs> shepherd the geese around with a stab i'll do that yep. just like hang out in pastures all day it sounds wonderful bring uh, a book yeah maybe we should just, i i think that says something about us <laughs> we should just raise geese yeah that's what we're gonna do they're kind of mean though they're assholes yeah as alira immediately that's finds why out. <laughs> i like geese though they're like the uh, the badasses of the the foul world i could see that yeah and it's funny, too, because they think they're bigger and badder than they are. Yeah. Like, they walk around like they are the size of elephants. <laughs> it's so cute, though. You ever see them, like, the flocks of them at the at the park? Mm-hmm. They're just chilling, like, we're not moving. Yeah. You get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And so she becomes a goose girl. And uh, she basically just, like, kind of invents... A whole new identity. And this was fun, too. So she um, kind of introduces herself, I think, to the group of people she works with or works adjacent to down in the, like, farm stable area. And she's like, "Uh, oh, my name is Thorina. Um, you know, I take after my mom's name because she doesn't want to be Lady Valka, um, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so it's this fun kind of first look into her taking control and ownership over her life and actually making decisions and being kind of like, snarky that's a really good insight i hadn't seen that like i hadn't processed that uh aspect of the story that in that way but that makes total sense yeah because it's like kind of the first moment where she's like well if this is my life i'm gonna like take some ownership of it and it's like fun because you see that kind of story arc as she starts to take more you know uh ownership and then we get this cute scene too that when she's like introducing herself as Thorina i guess that's a kind of flower it's like a, it's a rose yeah and she like shows it to the people because obviously she doesn't speak the language which mm-hmm. fuck, uh, like, i how do you even know no, no. <laughs> uh uh-uh. and so she like shows them the flower and they're like oh okay so your name is thorn and she's like no it's really like the whole flower and they're like okay thorn and she's like what this guess is I'm my i guess i'm gonna be thorn now yep. it's fine and it's cute because the next day they all come back with little branches of what their names are and I was like oh ah! She's found a family. (laughs) All
1: of these secondary characters she meets, like working in the stables and like in the farm pieces are all kind of given a little slice of um, humanity. Mm -hmm. And they all play a part in like shaping Princess Elyra slash Thorn as a character. Yeah. It was very thoughtfully done. Mm -hmm. It was interesting rereading this again because it seems like the. Like, who doesn't want an escape? I know. Right. Like. (laughs) You are taken from your everyday life and given an opportunity to completely start over in a completely random area with a brand new identity
0: mm-hmm. who hasn't thought about doing that at least once in their life a hundred percent yeah and i think um alira even kind of comes to that conclusion that she's like well if this is my life now i'm gonna make the most of it and she kind of comments on herself of how like nice her new life is even though she's a princess in her other life like she had the constant responsibility of all of the expectations foisted upon her you know dealing with her mother and her brother and now all of a sudden all she has to be is the goose girl and she's like this is like kind of a nice
1: gig <laughs> like yeah it, it seems it really struck me as like a commentary on escapism and like mm. avoiding responsibility yeah like she's accepting a lot of responsibility by taking this other job
0: but also avoiding quite a bit yeah like there's all this like courtly drama going on too yeah i think that was my biggest like annoyance with this book is how much she kind of denies the responsibility upon her and it takes her a really long time to like get over the escapism and be like well I gotta go back to the real guess world. I guess I should do what I'm supposed to do because
1: Valka yeah. is still there and Valka still a bitch and this is where uh, Falada
0: comes into play. Yeah he's like the nagging like mom like are you just like hanging out here in this fucking pasture while she's fucking up the palace? Are you kidding me? That's what he does. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's what he says. She's like, she takes him out of the stables and walk. like he gets to go with her to herd the geese. And I had this super so cute imagery of like this big, badass, white, beautiful horse like herding geese yeah. because he
0: wants to have fun. <laughs> he's like, get the fucking line. I think there's even a commentary on it where he acts as someone that's a little bit too haughty to do it, but he found that he actually enjoyed it. And Now he's in this awkward like how do I act moment? And I think we've all had that experience. <laughs> (laughs) Right, where you're like i'm like too good to do this and then you do it and you're like that's not kind of like fun but like how do i act like i'm still mad about it (laughs) no yeah it's like after one of these scenes where he
1: has like a talk with her Mm -hmm. he's like hey isn't your mother gonna wonder like when you haven't written to her Mm -hmm. how are you gonna fake how, how is valka gonna fake the handwriting and so thorn kind of a takes this from a more selfish route she's like oh i need to protect my position as a goose girl like i don't want to be <laughs> taken away from this so she and again this is another moment where she takes more ownership of the situation and walks up to the palace which is huge for like yeah. thorn as a character because she went from being bullied and like avoiding everything and hiding to confronting the princess on her own confronting valca on her own mm-hmm. so she walks up to the castle has an audience with Valka who's dumb. Yeah. Valka is just kind of dumb. Stupid.
0: And yeah. it becomes more and more evident as the story progresses and you see all the ways that she's like fucking up. <laughs> yeah.
1: But Alira is like, hey, my mom's expecting a letter from me after I arrived. Are you gonna write it? Well, oh, Valka, no, I'm not gonna write it. Like, so why <laughs> yeah. would I write the letter? <laughs> you write it for me. And so they come to this agreement where uh Thorne is gonna write letters For Valka. Valka's going to dictate them. And everything's going to be hunky-dory until
0: a certain someone gets involved in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, When does he first find out that something is sus? It's her first letter. Like,
1: this is not a a dumb dude. So, like, I think Thorne goes back to her, like, room at the stables Mm -hmm. and is drafting this letter with her, like, trunks and stuff around her and sends the letter. And then, like, the next day she is... summoned
0: by prince kestrin who's like hello young goose girl i have some questions because doesn't he have the letter and then the marriage proposal and he's like uh can you maybe tell me why these signatures are absolutely identical it's even better than that because like he doesn't he doesn't lead with that he's like by the way,
1: I need some correspondence with. Oh her.
0: yeah, he fucking dupes her. It was so cute because <laughs> he's
1: like, I my whatever language, like your language that Alira speaks, isn't great. I especially can't write it well and you're available and prince the princess is busy could you please write a letter for me and so he dictates a letter for her and as she's done writing it he takes this letter out of her hand pulls out a copy of the first letter <laughs> that she wrote for the princess and says look at it here it's
0: <laughs> like why are these identical why are they the
1: same and so thorn like kudos to thorn she pulls this excuse out of her ass a hundred percent i learned the princess's like script because uh, i needed to like, right for her when we were yeah, kids. Yeah, we
0: had the same like instructor tutor, and like I would just help her out when she was too busy. Like, girl, that is so Not, hot fast. Pri- <laughs> Not to like Prince Kestrin, Like rolls his eyes. Like, are you? <laughs> come on.
1: Like, can you do better? Uh, he's a super fun character because he, he knows. So this and oh, also they, she puts the pieces together. The random man who appeared in her bedroom is the same as Prince Kestrin.
0: Yeah, he's a sorcerer. Yeah, <laughs> and he's smart Mm -hmm. and not (sighs) it's nice too because he's not pushy like surprisingly so because he almost kind of respects the fact that alira is just kind of like accepting her circumstances and he's kind of prodding her in you know ways like hey like do you see how lady valica is acting and like hey like are you okay with someone just taking your whole identity but it's never in an aggressive like um accusatory way or like dragging her into anything which mm-hmm. i feel like if you have those hyper aggressive masculine like they would like berate her for her decision
1: i think he's still kind of uncertain
0: yeah. at this like in this first confrontation
1: he he knows something's going on but he doesn't know like a body swap has happened Th- that's fair that's not my first decision well, yeah, like, either I, like but you know, he's a sorcerer, so he knows he knows there's something going on. So he is like not antagonistic towards Thorn. He's mm-hmm. like just trying to solve
0: a puzzle, mm-hmm. which I really much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. And that's kind of his attitude the whole time as he's trying to like figure out what the fuck is going on. He's yeah. Like, this is giving me like weird vibes, but like I can't identify like what the weird vibes are, which, you know, fair when it's a literal body swap happening. <laughs> I only wish, I think the only thing that I found lacking in this book
1: was. I needed a little bit more chemistry between Prince Kestrin and
0: Thorne. Mm -hmm. Because there's like moments of it, but it's only when they're like griping and snarky at each other.
1: And they're very brief scenes too. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to see more of Prince Kestrin as a character.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably how this book could have been longer. Like it could have gotten up to that like high 300s, low 400s if they had developed out some of the like uh, scenes and chemistry between them or like more of their meetings or like, more of the romance indicators we normally see. Because, um, yeah, you don't get a lot of that at all. No. It's just these one-off meanings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's still kind of, like, satisfying and its, like, cutesy kind of way. It's easy breezy.
1: Easy breezy. Easy breezy. breezy, <laughs> breezy beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> reading. Yeah. So so she kind of, Thorne leaves her confrontation with Prince Gastron kind of, like, unsettled. But, yeah. like, well, I guess things are okay for now. Uh, then she goes and hangs out with Falada again and learns about the history of the horses and the humans.
0: I, uh, this is weird, but I would 100% read a book.
1: About Falada. Yeah, 100%.
0: Because I want to know about his wife. <laughs> that would be a
1: fun story. Yeah,
0: like, I haven't read those, like, animal books since, like, I was a very young middle schooler, but... This seems almost satisfying that I'd be like, yeah, I'll read a book about horses. Yeah, Falada <laughs> as a character is just so unique. Yeah. Because he's snarky and uh, haughty in the like, humans and horses are equivalent intellectual creatures and you're just a stupid one of them. And it's like, <laughs> "Whoa, okay. <laughs> Falada
1: kind of acts like the way you would
0: expect a the male
1: hero lead. Yeah. the M- Is it MLC? Oh, yeah. Main love
0: character that main, doesn't sound like
1: right. main male main character mmc fmc oh, and mmc yeah there we are there we, we and, got there ugh, <laughs> god so yeah he acts like he has a lot of the same um tendencies as those mmcs do
0: mm-hmm. i feels weird saying that i'm not I gonna know, use that like anymore it. Nope, not anymore <laughs> it kind of like went over my skin in a not uh, no way. it's not pleasant <laughs> nope but i also love how he's just kind of like um he's how the fae should act yeah he's like not fae but He's also like 500 years old. Yeah. He actually acts like a 500 year old having to deal with a 16 year old girl. Mm -hmm. Like, checks out.
1: (laughs) So, Princess or Thorn has spent some time with Falada. She's out in the pastures. There's another, there's a goose boy, a goose dude who is kind of Corbe. Corbe. Also, there is a, I uh, can't say the German name, but there's a Corbe fairy- character in the original fairy tale Uh-oh. who does the same <gasps> shit. Fuck that guy. So the original goose dude, uh, see something in German, <laughs> uh, plays a
0: very similar role to Corbe in this story yeah and i uh he's described very unsettlingly like is this kind of dark menacing like doesn't do anything but just kind of like stares menacingly at her from like distances you don't feel good with with he's in the scene not at all and so uh i think even alira in Falada are kind of like mm-hmm, that's a little sketchy, and so Falada is like, we're gonna go to the pastures together. You're not really allowed to go by yourself, <laughs> it, yeah. Which turns out to be a good decision in the end.
1: <laughs> Thank yeah. Uh, it just it gets darker and darker as you it does. progress through the book. It 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 kind of starts off feeling very fairy tale like, and mm-hmm. then you start getting deeper into the world itself and learn that there's a lot more going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Thorn and uh, Prince Kestrin have another interaction. Like this seems to be like the repeated theme throughout Mm -hmm. the story, which is Kestrin like summons Thorn or Thorn runs into him and they have this like developing relationship where he's starting to piece more and more together, like what's going on. And it's this scene, the second interaction where he's like, "Hmm, it's suspicious. It's a little sus uh, <laughs> that your personality and princess Lyra's personalities seem to have completely switched overnight. Doesn't uh, he call her a brat? Yeah. <laughs> he calls her like a spoiled brat. And yeah. So he has like no respect whatsoever for the current princess. And they are, I think it's. Oh no, it's later on. Uh, but he confronts Thorn about having the princess's cloak.
0: Oh yeah, and Alira is sweating. She is panicking because she's like, I cannot explain having this fucking coat. Because she kept the bl- so it's the blue cloak that the king gave her
1: like early on
0: when she was still back in her home palace,
1: and for some reason she
0: kept it or something. Uh, I think. Yeah, because she was like wearing it and fell it off. It fell off and then it got stuck in the carriage. And she's like, "There's not really a good opportunity to give it back to Lady Falca." Yeah, and
1: Prince Kestrin had her room searched or something and found this cloak. And he's like, "Hmm, this was like the last puzzle piece for him where yeah. he finally figured out who was who." But I thought it was so cool that he never actually articulates like what he understands now to Thorne. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Later, so after this interaction, the second interaction with Prince Kestron, Thorn is even more like unsettled. Mm-hmm. Like she senses that the prince understands what's going on, yeah, but she
0: doesn't quite know how much. Yeah, and I think that's a fun kind of characterization too—that she knows that the jig is almost up, but she's like, nobody's saying anything, so I'm, I'm just gonna, gonna like hang out as a ghost <laughs> yeah. girl for a little bit longer. I'm just gonna like stay here. <laughs> Yeah. And you as the reader, too, you're like, he was making some very like pointed comments, but like he's not doing anything about it. So maybe it's like he doesn't really know. So it's like a fun like, well, we will just sit in limbo for a while. (laughs) This is one of those stories
1: where I think we could have benefited from seeing uh, having a perspective switch.
0: Oh, that would be kind of sitting in like Prince Kestrin's view, like as he's trying to figure things out. That would be kind of fun, but it's also fun like not knowing yeah. like, what he's going to do because I, I will say that the um it's not the conflict, but the uncertainty was really well done in this like it's drawn out, but it doesn't feel like it's drawn out. Yeah, it's like so you really never know. Is.
1: Yeah, it that is very satisfying. I just wish there were more interactions, yeah. so the uncertainty was even more. Like,
0: will <laughs> no, they? Will they? Won't they? <laughs> She's doing this cute little like shoulder <laughs> shimmy. <laughs> I can't help it. Yeah, it gives me warm fuzzies. Yeah, uh, we are about to go into uh, my other favorite character of this that I would one hundred percent read a whole like spinoff oh, book. Oh, Red Hawk. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought that this was gonna be like um, Elena uh uh the i got major tortal, tortal. Yeah, yeah i, just, I did tor- i did
1: too i just think tortellini when i say that word
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> Tortellini. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: so tamora pierce's um uh alana series is set yeah tortal universe and that's the the setting vibe i got same
0: same it's almost like uh those books are for extrovert children, and then Thorn is for the introvert children. Yeah. 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 Because we have like the line, but that's the only difference. The rest of the vibes are same. Identical. But- so those books feel a little bit younger. Yeah. This yeah.
1: is like a slightly older version of that that setting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the same introduction of like Red Hawk as a character. Uh-huh. Anyway, Thorne goes into the city. Like yeah. she goes to the temple to pray or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she ends up saving a kid in the town, right? Uh, Is it the first? It's a kid and then she helps like a group of dudes avoid some soldiers, right?
0: Oh, I think that's the bull. So she's like stepping out and then there's like soldiers off in the distance like screaming about something and then she sees this dude just like fucking booking it down the thing and his like arm is bleeding everywhere and he uh gets caught up because falada is basically like blocking the whole Mm -hmm. alleyway because he's a giant ass horse and so she kind of like um scoots him away and then he's able to disappear and then the soldiers are like oh where'd the guy go and she's like i don't know like i think he went that way but she's like hiding him and then she's like um I think you need help. Like you're like dying, and the guy's just like, Ugh. and so she delivers him off to like wherever he lives in whatever hovel, and has to like climb up the stairs, and they like fucking face plant, and she's like, Ugh, what house do you live in? And she like runs up and knocks on the door, and this like guy answers with like a knife to her throat, and he's like, what the fuck do you want? And she's like, I just like found this guy, and he's like hurt, and I just just <laughs> trying to get him back to his house, and the guy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then he's like, that's my guy, and then uh I wish
1: I wish people could. <laughs> see you replay this scene in front of me it is just the cutest fucking thing ever
0: i'm a hand talker and so there's a lot of movement going on right now yep <laughs> but uh so basically uh she helps him and then she just like walks back and she's like that was sus like that guy's probably gonna die but i hope he doesn't and then i think that's it for a while yeah yeah but that was red hawk i red hawk he's is... probably hot yeah yeah i think he has
1: big dick energy. I want. <laughs> it Sorry. Always goes back to that. <laughs> I think. I wonder if the Sunbolt trilogy is set in the same world. Because I don't. I can't imagine this author creating the Red Hawk character and not pursuing mm. it later. Also, there's a second book in the series.
0: What? Dauntless, I think. What is that? Yeah. Right? I don't think I read it. No. Why does that sound tickle in my brain again? Uh, I don't know. It's there
1: anyway. Hmm. She has adventure in the city, saves this dude, goes back to the stables, Mm -hmm. and then this is where it gets it starts to get a little darker. Yeah. So we mentioned like Goose Dude, um, who's got major scary vibes. He like like you said um, decides one day like I've had enough of your like bullshit, and Mm -hmm. you're very pretty, and he tries to assault her in the pasture yeah and i she, think
0: she just smacks the shit out of him she's got with a his... staff right <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah so she manages to like beat him and gets away mm-hmm. and as she's running away she falls down a ravine yeah
0: this was it felt very uh have you ever been lost before all the time oh <laughs> we got a little uh, too existential there uh but like actually lost in the woods yeah yes okay yeah it's that same kind of and it's surprising how well this is conveyed but it's that same feeling of just like very uh confused and distorted and you have no idea where you are but you're like panicking but slowly panicking it's like a feeling of like it's an ominous like
1: foreboding yeah it just sits on you you're like Mm -hmm. i wasn't lost but i was out hiking i think in arizona and i remember like going up a dirt trail and i got halfway up and for no reason whatsoever i felt like I was being watched Ugh. and I felt like something bad is going to happen if I keep walking up this trail. And it's like one of the few times in my life where I'm like, you know what? I have no reasonable, rational explanation for how I'm feeling. I turned tail <laughs> and I turned into a trail runner yeah. and I ran all the way down the mountain until I got back.
0: That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've got lot, I don't know, like seven or eight, like right when you start like being able to remember things, mm-hmm. uh, we were camping and I was playing with like older kids and they kind of ran off Around the corner, and I didn't see where they went, and then I got lost, and I was like in Pacific Northwest evergreens, oh, where no. you're like going to die. Everywhere looks the same, yeah. in our, Especially
1: in our like like rainforesty type. Woods. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it was like getting dark, and I was just like walking down this paved road. It. I was by myself as like a seven, eight year old. So it's that same I feeling. I feel so bad for, for little <laughs> I Katie <know>. Right now. <laughs> was you know moderately traumatized but it's that same feeling and it's crazy that she was able to convey that in so little words but it's that exact feeling of like i'm not really sure where i am and i know i'm about to start panicking but like not quite and you're like i guess i just have to like keep walking because it's a. she's like walking down this ravine and she's like i have no idea how i'm gonna get back
1: emotionally traumatized from being attacked by this big goose dude. Yeah. And I think it's like the middle
0: of winter too and yeah. that's why she Falida doesn't have couldn't... a cloak or anything like and Falida was just chilling with his oats in the stable. Yeah. Yeah. And then she like uh, kind of like walks down into this tunnel thing and then she sees a room and the room she's seen in a dream and so she's like this is not going to end well and so she kind of turns around she's like that's suspicious and then she kind of like hides into this little crack when she hears voices coming down and she like just sits there and falls asleep basically because it's like almost freezing outside yeah she was almost brutally attacked she fell down a ravine she's not having a good day yeah so she just kind of draws into herself and like i
1: said like kind of blacks out a little bit yeah and the next thing she knows she hears this this scene oh my god (gasps) (laughs) so the next thing she see or hears is like this voice like above her saying like lady 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 and i'm like oh oh my my God." god and it's prince kestrin standing over her and he scoops her up and finally he says thorn and oh what i okay so i don't know if i read too much into this but i felt like him calling her lady over and over again instead of thorn or girl or anything like that was him trying to acknowledge like i know that you know thorn isn't your real name i know who you are but i can't say anything yeah. yet so he calls her lady instead <gasps>
0: yeah and it's also one of those, uh, I think there's always those moments in not fake dating, um, where they like won't say their first name in like historical romances. Mm-hmm. And then the first time they do, it's like, <laughs> I feel like that was a very like equivalent very moment. Very jingling <laughs> moment. Yes. Yeah. He's like, uh, I'm going to be distant and impersonal about this. And then yeah, my heart's breaking. Like you need to wake up.
1: <laughs> he, so he and his like, uh, companion, like man friend, uh, like, get her back to the palace and get her, like, washed up and taken care of. And when she wakes up in the palace, he's like, I think you need to leave the stables and live in the palace. Because at this point, like, we know... He knows. She, she's pretty certain that he knows that she knows. Like, <laughs> everyone <everybody> knows. knows. <laughs> everybody knows. But she is clinging so desperately to her identity as the Goose Girl. Mm-hmm. And she feels so safe with her, like, newfound, like, second family. She's made all these friends. And also, she fears and hates Valka. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because can you imagine if,
0: like, Thorne goes to live in the palace and Valka's like, Prince Gestrin did what for you? Yeah. Well... That exact scenario or a (sighs) variant of it, and it fucks you up. Uh, So that's a very reasonable fear that she has. But she's like, no, I kind of enjoy my life as a goose girl. Like, I'm good. And he's like, okay, like, I don't really love this. But sure, you can continue living in your fake world for a little bit longer. Yeah. So she, she goes back to
1: stables after she recovers. Um, There's some filler scenes, Mm -hmm. like a little bit, with just her like talking to Falada and Mm -hmm. like interacting with her second family that she has. And then she goes back to the city to the temple or something. Mm -hmm. And she's at the temple, and this mysterious figure is like, You should come with me.
0: Oh, it's like a little kid. Because I think that's where she meets her like kid friend. Yeah. He's like, You gotta come with me. And it's like, Oh, you're so cute. And he's like, Of course I'll come with you. Big and bad. (laughs) It's like, You are two feet tall
1: (laughs) so this kid escorts her to a meeting with the man that she had saved like Mm -hmm. previously
0: i love how like angry he is he's like you like i owe you a debt i'm not a man that has debts like what do you want and she's like uh i don't really like want anything i was just like helping you out of the goodness of my heart and he's like that's fucking fake like how much money do you want and she's like no that's like literally what happened and he's like what I don't like I can relate to that feeling so much oh, where yeah. you, you're
1: like, I didn't do anything for you, please don't do anything for me. I don't want to feel obligated in yeah. any way. <laughs>
0: like, I did this because of my like social ineptitude. Like
1: <laughs> Yeah. And so I think that's how Thorne's feeling is like, yeah.
0: I don't want any kind of connection. Like, please leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it it's fun too, because uh, during their next interaction, you realize how much that impacts like impressed him or like he respected that he's like oh okay so you like a real one like this is cool (laughs) this is fine (laughs) so he she basically you know unintentionally impresses uh a man that has like a bajillion dollar bounty on his head and is the most notorious thief in the entire city but sweet red hawk uh, yeah i we need to find out about red hawk yeah like what is up with those characters that are just like competent they got big dick energy that's okay. the only way i can convey it like, i forget which episode that you mentioned this
1: on uh it's a you oh it was a crash ending episode and you said that it's a competency yeah, yeah. that is the best descriptor <laughs> i'm like i have never had words for it before but it's like the act of doing any task with confidence and absolute knowledge yeah total turn on
0: yeah because we will get to the scene probably in the next episode or maybe it's in this one but he has another competency thing where she like runs to him with a problem and he's like, I got it, and it's like, whoa, <laughs> what? <laughs> you have it? I don't need to like tell you and explain to you how to do it or like you know help you do Just, it. I got it. <laughs> it's like, like, whoa, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> That's not the point of this like children's you know <laughs> story. No, no, but it's totally good. It's that big dick energy. Like, yep, you know, it really is. Um, uh, anyway, this is a pro Red Hawk uh, Stan we're podcast. <laughs> so she kind of leaves
1: and he still owes her a favor but he's kind of okay with it Mm -hmm. and then she's in the stables again and she receives a summons from prince kestrin and he has invited her to a dinner yeah weird yeah the prince is inviting the goose girl to a dinner
0: yeah i wish that he had like turned his brain on for like 0.2 seconds and like recognized that that might not be a good idea
1: not (laughs) in the slightest um but that's kind of where we stop for part one
0: uh Was it part one where she has the thing with the kid where she's like, oh, we'll just use the money to? Was that in this one? Probably. And I missed it. Oh, it's not important, but it's just like a cute, like, she has this little, like, gaggle of street kids that kind of just love her. And I love that. (laughs) There's a lot of um, details
1: thrown in about the city and, like, some of the problems that are going on as she's visiting, like, Red Hawk and seeing how life truly is. There's this very. stark contrast between life at the palace and life in the stables and then life in the city. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where Red Hawk's character seems to kind of Mm -hmm. have more of an impact.
0: Yeah, because there's like a a line throughout the story about justice Mm -hmm. and like different interpretations of justice and like expressions of justice seems to be like a thread throughout it. Yeah, it's definitely a theme here. Yeah, but uh, she unintentionally pays for like a um, internship. What's the other word? apprenticeship for yeah apprenticeship for one of the like street a kids. fuck ton of street kids because she's like uh here's like a necklace like i hope that'll like pay for something or maybe this is later but it's we can talk about it now it's yeah. cute and the guy is like uh you have no idea you don't really have any experience like valuing jewelry and she's like oh like starts blushing like that's not enough, is it? Like, I have others, and he's like, This will pay for like 15 street kids to get apprenticeship. And she's like, Well, then pay for 15 street kids. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. She's just like the patron saint of like all these kids that are like, I just want to bake bread. <laughs> it was super just a cute, cute, like,
1: I think that is that is in part one because she starts to like have a close relationship with the kids. Uh, yeah. And, as... and they
0: just like follow her around. They're like, Hey, Auntie Thorne, <laughs> how's it going? She's like, Yep, yeah, I'm 15 and I have 18 children now. So, <laughs> yeah, it's again, and this. This is why I think,
1: although being 15 years old, she seemed like a much more mature character based on some of her behaviors and actions. Yeah. She's very
0: selfless. Yeah. Because I feel like around that 15, 16 age, you hate kids. And then it kind of like comes back at like the 18 or 19 where you're like, I understand you. You're just a small human. But there's definitely an age in like pre-teen teen mm-hmm. time frame where you would drop get a kid no questions asked yeah <laughs> there's, there's still i think a sense of rivalry when you're that young yeah mm-hmm. so that's why she seems a little bit older because she's like you are my adopted children and i don't know that that's a very that's uh, not no that would yeah. not happen <laughs> yeah but that's part one uh everyone is sus and uh falada is a talking horse <laughs> <laughs> I think we found our episode title. (laughs) Well, from our shelf to yours. We'll see you on the next page. Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram. Or if
1: you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday and Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon. Thanks for listening.
0: Bussin'.